In this episode, we return to the Nicolas Cage well that never runs dry. We discuss Drive Angry. And check us out all this week at slapdashradio.com as one of their featured podcasts. And welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I am Elliot Kalen. Yeah, two in a row with all of us here. We did what? it. <laughs> we did it. I should stop making a big deal out of yeah, because uh, it's just together. a normal thing. <laughs> sure. I mean, we're the we're the we're the hosts of this program, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not like when the Yankees play a game that they're like. Today, the whole team is here. <laughs> like it's supposed to be a big special occasion. The Yankees featuring the Yankees. <laughs> yeah. No fill-in Surprise players. Guess. This Yankees Broadway players. show, no understudies. Repeat, no understudies. Yeah, they don't make a big announcement about it. All right, well, I guess starting you're, a new thing. I guess you're still giddy from your new job. Yeah, well. You got a new job? Uh, we went over this last week, Stuart. Okay, you well, I'll listen, I'll listen to the tape. Labored bit. We'll <laughs> <laughs> be the judge of this. Yeah, yeah giddy yak. I'll listen to the tape later. Okay. Okay, so where, what, what are we talking about today? Uh, what, where, what did we talk where, about Where today? are we going? What are we, what are we talking about? <laughs> where we, yeah, set up We talked about the fact that I met a man named Rufio the other day. Well, that's probably going to be in the outtakes, so there's nothing that's been set up so far <laughs> on the podcast about that. I'll tell oh, you what. You're going to cut that out? <laughs> that's gold, dude. No, it's not. <laughs> um, let's why don't we why don't we uh pull out the map okay. and get in the car because we've got some driving to do don't right. we dan click vroom 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 eh? what, 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 i was trying to something? set you up to say the name of the movie we watched <laughs> instead i don't know what you were doing he was doing some foley artists decided to p- decided to play act <laughs> do you just say doing some zounds <laughs> yes <laughs> doing some zounds <laughs> You know, just impressing some wizards and knights. You're pronouncing that strange. <laughs> uh, so what movie did we watch, Dan? It was called Drive Angry. 3D. 3D. No, Radar. radar. <laughs> Playing at? Nowhere. Dan's television. Well, it wasn't it was 3D, a, was it? It was originally Not on 3D. Dan's TV, no. Okay. In, well, all movies are originally in 3D. It was directed. Then they're shot onto 2D celluloid. Okay. <laughs> but they all... Explain them Except more. for animated cartoons, Did they all star... explain them more? <laughs> <laughs> I can explain them more, Elliot. <laughs> After the show, what is this thing called love? I want to know. But uh, as for now, yes, Drive Angry 3D, directed by Patrick Lussier. Who okay. uh, directed the uh, 3D My Bloody Valentine as well. Okay. He's really specializing in 3D. He's specializing in 3D films with extended full nude scenes of, of women. I mean, this is not as extended as in uh, My Bloody well, Valentine. Someday but... he hopes to make it to the full nude scenes of men in 3D movies. Hmm. There's more to 3D with. Yeah. Oh. Uh, it's, a more, it's a more exciting 3D um, experience. I mean, it's well... a pointier 3D. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, what are we? Ta- are we talking about doing like shooting guys naked in 3D? That wow. is what happened in this movie. Okay. More, okay. More questions angry. than usual. Why from Stuart. <laughs> Stuart, were you I'm angry? <laughs> okay. Let me. Would you like me to explain what this movie Please is about? Do Drive Angry 3D stars one uh, Nicholas Cageworth. Okay. Who stars? He is a Flophouse favorite. Flophouse favorite. Star of. I You'll assume- add a sound effect later, right? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Flophouse favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I have to assume that he has starred in more Flophouse movies than oh, anyone yeah, else. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Nick Cage is in the Flophouse Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, and Nick Cage's Hall hair is also in it. Wow, wow! Intellectual property, though. <laughs> Didn't want to say that. Come on, it's, it's parody. It's protected by the First Amendment. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yours is the Flophouse louse cat. <laughs> he's, he's mad because he's covered in lice. Yeah, yeah I can see why I'd be uh, rowing. <laughs> Yes. Anywho, Nicolas Cage is uh, in hell, and okay. he escapes with a muscle car. Yeah, sure. He drives out of hell. He drives out of hell. He's there like are a bat out of hell. He's like a bat hell. out of hell if by bat it's a man driving a car across a bridge. 
Yep. Because hell looks like Detroit, but red. Yeah. Just a lot of crumbling industrial landscapes. So he escapes from hell, mm-hmm. and it's because – should I just explain? I don't want to – Yeah, sure. Yeah, just okay. explain real quick. He is uh, trying to get revenge on the man who killed his daughter and stole his daughter's baby, Nicolas Cage's grandbaby. And I don't know, dude. He can play 25. He doesn't need to have a grandbaby. No, he cannot play 25. Like 26? No, no. I don't think that's – Okay. But, uh, we'll and talk about that The one. guy who did it is a – I mean he's blonde in the movie. Yes, he has frosted tips. <laughs> the guy who did it is wearing a leather jacket. Only young people wear those. And sunglasses. But he also smokes a cigar, which old people do. True. But he only smoked it while having sex, which young people do. But he had sex fully clothed because he's afraid of showing his belly, which old people do. But he had sex while wearing sunglasses, which only young people <laughs> no, do. No, which only Spuds McKenzie does. <laughs> the original party animal. TMs. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Cage has to stop the guy who committed these crimes, who is a cult leader, who's kind of like if a Bruce McCullough character from Kids in the Hall was taken seriously. Yeah. Like he's got a tiny little soul patch goatee and a heavy southern accent, and he carries around a walking stick made out of a femur. Well, I'm yeah. glad you took him seriously. Yeah, like a uh, red yeah. silk shirt on. <laughs> and he wears a red silk shirt, and he's got a pentagram necklace that he's constantly being stabbed with. It's <laughs> uh, a problem with one of those cool necklaces. Along the way, Nicholas Cage picks up a sidekick in, what's her name, Amber? Heard. Amber Heard, a uh, very attractive young lass, uh, famed Hollywood lesbian, Amber Heard. Uh, that's all I know about Amber Heard. Yep, she's right up there with uh, Marlena Dietrich, <laughs> yep. uh, who was by. Anyway. Thanks for the... That's a little classic Hollywood sex knowledge. <laughs> yep. Uh, Amber Heard is a waitress at a diner. Sure. At, called Fat Lou's. She is, gets in a fight with her boyfriend who she catches having sex with another woman, and he is some kind of like southern white trash guy who really doesn't deserve a woman who looks like Amber Heard. Mm-hmm. He starts hitting her. Nicholas Cage's woman in trouble sense flares up, sure. and he comes over and beats <laughs> up that guy, and they take the boyfriend's car, which has a license plate that says Dr. Vangry. I didn't understand. D-R-V-A-N-G-R-Y, Dr. Vangry. He stole it from a, a dentist. Uh, you know, like uh, Anton Vangry, Anton <laughs> orthodontist. <laughs> Anton Q. Vangry, and Anton Vangry, DDS, and they go on a the car as a bumper sticker that says, says "I break for pussy." That's when I realized this movie might be trying too hard. Okay, uh, they go to track down this cult member, but they're also being followed. Available at Spencer's Gifts. <laughs> <laughs> really, that bumper sticker is. Yeah, and DVD copies of this movie. <laughs> Not the Blu-ray, though. Right next to a T-shirt of uh, an angry bootleg Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah. Stewart has a lucrative Spencer's Gifts sponsorship deal. <laughs> <Sure. laughs> yeah, that's why he's mentioned it once in several years. <laughs> the he only, doesn't want to overplay his hand. They only pay him in pornographic greeting cards for women, so <laughs> not really eager to get paid. Uh, yeah, if he uh, if he gets it up to two mentions, he gets and one of those electronic things that uh, shoot out beams to your fingers when you put yeah, it on. Yeah, Van de Graaff generators. Oh, I believe they're called, but I could be wrong about that. And truck nuts. <laughs> yeah. Which were uh, surprisingly absent in a movie called Drive Angry. Yeah, that's true. I'm surprised we didn't see any truck nuts. But we did see... So, Drive Angry, no truck nuts. I'm not done with uh, the plot yet. I thought we were summarizing. Nicolas Cage is also being chased by a man known only as the accountant. Sure. Played by? Well, William Feichner. Feichner. People who are not familiar with him may know him as the guy in The Dark Knight who at the beginning has a shotgun and and tells the Joker that he's going to die because he's stealing mob money. He's Uh, he's uh, the bad guy in Armageddon. Armageddon. The bad guy in Armageddon is a meteor. No, he's the bad guy in Armageddon. He's the the guy who tries to cause trouble and he dies or something. Big forehead, stringy hair, and lizard eyes. He looks kind of like like the robot character from that Jim Henson primetime Muppet show from the 90s. He does look like that. (laughs) That's what I think of every time I see him. Muppets Tonight. Muppets Tonight, that's what it's called. The one that had a Rastafarian baboon. Yeah. And I don't think they understood how racist that is. (laughs) How offensive. Yeah. Anyway, so the accountant is also tr- chasing Nicolas Cage but not really trying very hard at it. He's almost always on foot. 
and he'll kind of show up where Nicolas Cage is, watch Nicolas Cage escape, and then just kind of follow him again. He knows he doesn't need to sweat it too much. I mean, he's, I mean, he's not not at all. He's, he's lazy. He's not doing it his job. I don't it, know if he can sweat either. I mean, I think he's a supernatural creature. That's a very good point. And he lives in hell, so if he can't yeah, take the heat, he just wants to take. A, I mean, maybe he's wearing because a full he lives suit. in hell. He likes to like drag his feet a little bit on his job. Really? Oh, it's like he he doesn't want to come back home yet. Yeah. Oh, that, that makes sense. sense. Maybe maybe, maybe he's got a wife in hell. I mean, it is hell, you know. Oh. Well, I mean, I'm not married yet. Wow. <laughs> and I can see the marriage is going to go great. Sure. But Stewart's marriage is going to be my, like a my, lot more. My cartoon. concepts of marriage <laughs> is based primarily off of the sitcoms uh, "My Wife and Kids" and "Still Standing." <laughs> what about "Yes, Dear"? Uh, yes, dear, a little bit. I would be the guy with the baseball cap. <laughs> okay. Isn't that like every guy in the show? No, I thought only one guy has a baseball cap on that show. That's his distinguishing characteristic. <laughs> so, so, to go on. Uh, basically, Nobody has a baseball cap in this movie. It's just a bunch of characters or chasing each other. No. There's a lot of action. <laughs> there's a little bit of nudity. There's some really good haircuts. There's Nicholas Cage and wigs. There's a <laughs> for for I, you know for a, a modern film. There's a fair amount of nudity, I would say. But if which you just says to, more about uh, you yes, know, modern films. But compared than, to like trading places, sure. There's not an, an elaborate amount of nudity in this. And in the end, Nicholas Cage gets his revenge, and he and the accountant. Uh, become pals to a certain extent. Yeah, uh, and Amber Heard has a baby foisted on her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here you go, and then she goes to go. with David Morse, <laughs> and David Morse, who is Nicolas Cage's old time buddy, who runs a demolition service. Yeah, and then what were you saying? Oh, I just you know that's the thing that all young women want is a baby. Well, when they get to that age, mm-hmm. and Nicolas Cage also has a gun called the God Killer, which can. It's one of those weapons where it's like once you shoot someone with that, they cease to exist. In you know? the most three D fashion possible. Yeah, that the scene where the villain gets shot with the god killer, spoiler alert, the villain loses, is <laughs> it look the scene <laughs> the looks least like intimidating villain outside of a bad boys movie. The effects are like something out of like a full moon entertainment movie from like the early nineties. <laughs> sure. They're great in their shoddiness. There's a lot of CGI in this. A lot of CGI blood, CGI bullets, CGI glass out of a mirror, CGI I ha- cars. I have expected one of the cars from the movie Cars to show up <laughs> and do a barrel roll over Nicolas Cage. There's a scene where uh, the accountant is driving a truck full of hydrogen to break up a roadblock that is stopping Nicolas Cage from getting to the cult leader. This is after the accountant has been working with the police to stop Nicolas Cage. So I don't know why – he kind of explains it later why he changed his mind, but it really doesn't make sense. But none I mean, of he's a supernatural being, Elliot. We can't fathom the depths of mm-hmm. his That's right, uh, yeah. plans. You know? But nothing in the scene looks real or like it existed even in the same computer as the other things in the scene. <laughs> sure. It's also computery. Like somebody was playing like a TurboGrafx-16 and then they were also <laughs> playing a – I don't know, whatever a current video game system is and somehow You have a merged. current video game system. Yeah, one of those uh, Xboxes. So you merged, like, somehow you mashed <laughs> them together. I love that TurboGrafx-16 came to mind immediately. But something yeah. that is advertised on television every day. <laughs> Stuart just got too lazy to finish the thought. <laughs> it's like, you know what I'm talking you about. You know what I'm talking about. Video, video games. Is this a bit? Someone's Virtual Boy got mixed up with their Lynx. Yep. Their, their Sega CD. <laughs> and their ColecoVision. Their 32X and their C- Philips CDI. Playing against the Neo Geo. Is this video game talk? Like, I guess this is not the video game, game house. Color. 32X. Uh, so, yeah, I would like to talk about, uh, what was his name? The accountant? What was that his Fichtner. Thing? Yeah, Fichtner's. The accountant. Uh, who, who goes around killing people that Nicolas Cage forgot to kill. What was his motivation? Basically. And leading and leads to the death. Here's the other thing is, at, at one point, these two policemen team up with the accountant to stop Nicolas Cage. And Amber Heard murders them. Just yeah. shoots them, and like they are about to shoot Nicolas Cage, but and th- throughout the movie they'll make jokes about like you're a wanted woman, you killed two policemen. Oh, I guess those police are scared of you. You killed two policemen. And it's like it's not a joke. Yeah, like they were working with the bad guy, but they didn't know he yeah. was from They're hell. Misled. Yeah, they he's, were he's lied like he was, to. Uh, an FBI agent. Like it's never okay for the hero he to kill two policemen. Or something right. He he kind of cast a, a charm on them. Like yeah. a like a, a glamour. Yeah, yeah he cast a glamour on them. Uh, so yeah, it's probably not. It's probably not their fault they were shooting at Nicolas Cage. Yeah, but they're dead now. Well, anyway, it's like it's like the <laughs> the Death Star it. exploding and killing people. Thanks, were, Kevin Smith. Well, <laughs> I mean, I those cribbed people, a little bit, but I those mean, people were all in the Imperial Army. Okay. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> skip. So uh, no, 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 I don't understand. Interrupt. And, uh, 
Stop Fickner's, uh, Fickner's his motivation. motivation from scene to scene. Because as you, you point out, he's trying to kill Nicolas Cage. And then he swoops in right when the uh, police are expressly going to kill him. Like, the police chief is like, shoot him in the head. And uh, so he swoops in, saves him. Well, here's then- the thing. There's a scene. It's implied that the accountant doesn't know that these are Satanists who are going to kill a baby. Mm-hmm. And once – there's a scene where he inter- interrogates a man with hilarious hair. And yeah. <laughs> once he, he finds out that there are – he talks that the devil doesn't like Satanists. He finds them offensive. So I guess he decides he's going to let Nicolas Cage get revenge on these Satanists and then take him back to hell. Right. But he keeps chasing him and delaying him from getting his revenge. He's really at cross purposes. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing that I found kind of confusing about the movie. To quote Walt Whitman, does he contradict himself? Very well, he contradicts himself. <laughs> he contains multitudes. Beautiful. I paraphrased. But uh, Leaves of grass. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I, uh, I also sort of like found confusing about the movie was Initially, I thought it was cool that, okay, you have this real devilish character, like this real character from hell following Nicolas Cage. Sure. And then... A uh, Saint of Killers type fellow. Right. Yes, yeah. But Nicolas Cage is trying to track down these Satanists who are, throughout, like, the early part of the movie, like, made out to be, like, sort of buffoons. Like, they're just, like, a cult. Yeah, and then by the end of it, they're buffoons, too. Yeah, but... It's, I mean, and it's clear through what William Fickner says, like, okay, these, you know, like, Satan doesn't like you guys, like, you have no real... But then, like, at the end, it seemed like they might have some sort of mystical powers. Like, it, they implied at the end that their ritual was going to do something, and then I don't at the know. end, they it left, was like... They left it ambiguous. They were going to kill the baby on the light of a full moon, mm-hmm. uh, and that was somehow going to bring hell on earth and make them all live forever and change the world. Well, and then the guy said, like, I got powers, like, no, nothing on earth can kill me. He's like, I'm not from the earth. And, and she's, Yeah, I think like, that was just boasting. I guess. It's just Combined with a chance for Nicolas Cage to say something badass before killing the guy in the most CGI way possible. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was. I think it was a setup for the line. I just don't think there's any reason to like muddy it up because it's so much cooler to have like these stupid, these uh, idiot hillbilly cultists. Yeah, who like actually have no power, and then like they get tangled into something that actually has, involves uh, someone from hell. See, that would be a more interesting movie. Is like a shitty cult. That gets caught up accidentally into in a real hell thing, and they don't know what to do. What and they're way are, over are their we, heads. Are we stepping into other podcast territory on how to fix this movie? I'm not saying how to fix it. Okay, it sounded kind of like you were. Is that what, another what, podcast? podcast? How thought, to how to fix this movie? Yeah, I thought there was another it's podcast. Fix this movie, please. Well, somebody should because it wasn't very good. I mean, spoiler alert for a couple of minutes. <laughs> well, this now. was one. This was one that we were holding out hopes that we would in, that we would like, and yeah. I enjoyed parts of it. It's just as it went on, it was clear it didn't have a lot. It you really like the, the the slow motion three D parts, right? Oh, I love those. Yeah, anything with fake blood that is three D and CGI and it moves slowly and the camera zooms in on someone's face in a really fake way and then zooms out again. Oh, that's just. Oh, I could watch that a million times. That's like Orson Welles plus Alfred Hitchcock times a billion. I mean, that's just the best stuff. Sarcasm. It was a pretty great scene when uh, (laughs) the totally nude waitress was uh, very enthusiastically thrusting on the fully clothed, fully clothed, immobile Nicolas Cage. Immobile Nicolas Cage, fully clothed, wearing sunglasses, smoking a cigar, and holding a bottle of uh, Jack Daniels Daniels? and a and and a pistol. They do they do this the having sex during a shootout scene from Shoot 'Em Up, but Nicolas Cage is so much less interested in the sex than Clive, Clive Owen was, was yeah. in Shoot 'Em Up. And there's way more, and the nudity is so much more graphic. Yes, but at the same time, something that comes up is that since Nicolas Cage is dead already, he can't be killed again. He gets shot through the eye. He gets shot in the chest, all over the place. But it means that this poor woman, who's as vulnerable as you can be in a shootout, naked and in the throes of passion, so she doesn't have basic motor control at the moment. She is I mean, in serious you danger. If you were if you were grinding against Nicolas Cage's <laughs> big rod, oh, oh yeah, I would just be uncontrolled. His drive shaft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was good. Sure. <laughs> but I that's, agree. She's just <laughs> she's just a slutty waitress at the Bull by the Balls, which is the bar that she works at. I mean, how often is she going to meet a guy from out of town, let alone out of hell? I guess <laughs> <laughs> that's the other thing. This is the second woman. This is the second waitress in the movie who has hit on Nicolas Cage really hard. 
Yeah. The first being Well, he's the ultimate uh, bad boy. I mean, boy. and the <laughs> <laughs> It's true. I mean, this movie's probably based on the experiences of the screenwriter. (laughs) (laughs) He generally finds when he goes to diners that women throw themselves at him. just throw them at him, and he's busy on his hell quest. (laughs) It's based based on the experience. That's what the movie should have been called. Hell quest. (laughs) Well, because, yeah, there's not a lot of angry driving in this. There's there's calm. Yeah, like Vanishing Point has more angry driving than this. Yeah, There is, however, a lot of driving, because one of my favorite things about the climax is, uh, you know, like there's this big sacrifice going on. There's this helpless tiny baby at, at the, the center of the sacrifice. And uh, Nicolas Cage says to William Fickner, give me my keys. And he has to save the baby through the use of a car. He, he can't just go down there and, like, start a shootout. He has a shootout with a bunch of cultists while driving around in a car, which, if anything, just impairs him the entire yeah. time. I mean, it's not like he needs smashed. the protection yeah. of the vehicle. Like, he seems to be pretty fine. He's immortal. Um, the other, we, we've mentioned that at no point was Nicolas Cage actually in any kind of danger. In many ways, at no point was the child in that much danger. I mean, at all times, this baby that he's trying to save is being held by a female cultist who, when it comes down to it, they kind of address that she was never going to kill the baby. Yeah. She wouldn't have, like, even if the cult leader demanded it, she probably wouldn't have done it. At the last minute, her maternal instincts are kicking in, and she's reluctant to give the baby to the cult leader. So, I mean, she's in more ways kind of protecting the baby from Nicolas Cage than anything. (laughs) From the hell man that that just came out. the hell man, reckless driver. (laughs) Let's see. I'm going to hold the baby because there's a cult leader and a damned soul who are both trying to get it. And the damn soul is driving around and randomly spraying gunfire. (laughs) Yes. But now Amber Heard is protecting that baby, and she knows how to kick some ass. Yeah, she has a fight with the cult leader on an RV where Mm -hmm. the RV seems to grow in size in terms of the space inside (laughs) of it. Mm Mm-hmm. Unlike it's like a TARDIS. Unlike, yeah, it's like a tortoise. Unlike the fight. <laughs> Dan, there's only a certain amount of room inside of a tortoise, just enough for the body to pull its legs and its head in. It's not like there's a whole house in there. It's not like Snoopy's doghouse. I, I apologize. <laughs> I don't know. What. Are we talking about turtles again? <laughs> I knew what Dan was talking about. He meant Doctor Who's TARDIS. Shouldn't we save this for the turtle Please cast? The doctor. Come on. The Doctor Who. <laughs> doctor Vangry. <laughs> doctor Vankman? Yes, Doctor Peter Vankman. <laughs> So yeah, it's unlike say the fight scene in, words in, sound like the, other uh, words. in the in the second Kill Bill where the fight in the RV, like, which is a fantastic fight, it was a fantastic fight, and they kind of play up the the cramped confines of an RV. This movie, they kind of spread them out. They make people start flying outside a window, flying out of windows and stuff. Yeah, explode when cars run over them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of. It's a movie that starts out kind of like. Purposely going over the top, and then as it goes on, it's just like, ah, we don't need to play by the rules anymore. We'll just kind of get, we'll get loose, we'll get silly. Let's go all the way to Cool World with this one. <laughs> <laughs> I could drive into Cool World because I have to say, when the movie first started, it was trying a little too hard for my taste, but it wasn't necessarily bad. But there was something about it, like it was too high production value. Yeah, that's movie. what you were saying. Yeah, it felt like this is a movie where like there's like. A woman is in a fist fight with a nude woman, and then her boyfriend starts hitting her, and there's all sorts of – like a car with a bumper sticker that says, I break for pussy and stuff. And it's like a movie that has that stuff is less enjoyable when it's shot really well, I feel like. Yeah, when you it feel looks like, like people a, should know better. Yes. Well, <laughs> I, want it, I want it to be like a sleazier movie yeah. to be, have a little more honesty to it. You know, Or, I mean, to compare it, say, to, for instance, Kill Bill, which yes. has similar elements – we're talking about a movie where the guy who made it is familiar with trash cinema and is going to like play up those tropes, whereas this guy has probably doesn't have a lot of understanding of it. I don't know. I don't know if that's. But it true doesn't. Or... At least whatever understanding he has does not show no, in the film. He doesn't like, put it's it not to work. Shot like that. Yeah, and and when well, this thing and with Tarantino is like a special case because that feels like so much of his DNA. But at the same time, he's combining it with non-trash movies. Yeah, like he is. He is doing such a mix-em-up that yeah. he makes something new out of it, whereas here it felt like it was trying very hard it's to like be like... movie girl talk. Sure. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't Famous get Famous mashup artist girl talk. Oh, okay, sure. You explain it to Elliot. I thought you were talking about girl talk talking about Dateline, the board game <laughs> yeah, for it's girls. Not, uh, it's not uh, mid to pre-80s uh, hard rock or punk rock. Elliot's not going to know. I don't understand it. Yeah. yeah. If it's not 30s jazz <laughs> or 80s punk rock, <laughs> I am not interested but the uh, 
yeah, it, it was like um, it felt like someone trying to do something that they had seen somewhere else, but not quite knowing how to do it. You know, it was in some ways like when we watched that insane clown posse movie. Where they th- big where, money rustlers, where it felt like they were trying to throw in jokes and stuff and be kind of raunchy, yeah. but they just came off as like, where they like were familiar with the filmmakers. <laughs> they were familiar with the idea of jokes, <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't know how to make jokes. Like yeah. this guy was familiar with the idea of sleazy and trashy, but he didn't actually know how to make a sleazy. It trashy seems like film. it's like I got to make a movie st- where like there's a lot of fire and boobs and people say motherfucker a lot and like that's and there's one and like. People are, you know, there's a guy in a suit who says threatening things, but in a calm way. Like we got to have all that stuff in there. Although he is the best character in the whole movie. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, every time he gets on the screen, you're like, oh, thank God, something's gonna happen. Yeah, because he finds something. He like, even though plot wise, nothing happens to do. Like he finds something interesting in every scene. He has a take on like this is a character you've seen a thousand times before. Like, yeah. It's like, oh, this is the functionary from hell who's gonna come in and. You know he's a menacing figure in a suit, but he finds like little, like tr- like he he acts like he is sort of a civil servant, and he's a little bored by what he's doing. But then like there's something off and crazy about yeah, the way. Yeah, and goes as the about movie it. goes on, he's getting, you can see he's getting more and more enjoyment out of what yeah. he's doing. He's the only character who really has an arc in the movie, and it's a very subtle. And the only arc. actor who seems to be having fun with being in the movie. Yeah, Nicolas Cage. All... I don't know why he does movies anymore. <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> he just seems to hate all of them. Nicolas Cage could easily have hammed this up a little bit more. Amber Heard, I don't know. I've only seen her in like one other movie. And David Morse was in it, and he's he's seen, he's definitely had more fun in other movies. Yeah, he's barely in this, though. The cult leader has a fair amount of fun. I don't know the actor's name. He does a lot of him... soul patch acting. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I call him Joe Culty. He's got an extravagant accent. Joe Culty? Southern. Yeah. He's got like a yeah, I mean, it's, I wouldn't accent. say that's that much of an accent. I mean, it's, it's just extravagant. Kinda, I'm saying. I mean, but there's a like lot. Like he of... spent a lot on it. <laughs> <laughs> like it was overpriced. I understand. It's not a bargain. Accent. <laughs> like it. Like it's your, like you're buying a font. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. Well, Richard he, Starkings. He bought. Uh, he bought the uh, dialogue tapes. They were they were like an old. High audio quality. Oh. Like it was like a gold CD. It was like Rosetta Stone, yeah. mobile fidelity that gold. That is not a bad save. Yeah, sorry. As far as a joke, but, you know. Well, a little bit I'll of a stretch. <laughs> you know what? Take the next week off. <laughs> 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 Obviously, you strained a joke muscle. <laughs> sure. <laughs> your bench. Tower. I think your funny bone might have been fractured. <laughs> 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 your bench bringing his replacement thanks child's joke book <laughs> <laughs> yep joyce child's joke book <laughs> anyway uh, so are so we tapped out we, on this maybe no i don't know about it. well it's it was not a it was this was i mean we can go to final judgments i guess but there's i mean a, it's it's tough to make fun of nicholas cage because we've had a lot i mean we've made a lot of jokes he's like an old friend expense. at this yeah. point Mm. Uh, oh Nick! Yeah, like oh, I Nicky. feel like he's like part of my family at this point. I wish he would just, you know, like uh, he would apply some of that bad lieutenant port of call New Orleans energy to this. I mean, I know that even as when you're making a movie with Werner Herzog's energy, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna put a higher level of of crazy into it. But I think he does. Think he is a little too, especially considering his major villain, the accountant, is deliberately underplaying scenes. Nicolas Cage doesn't help the movie by underplaying so much. All he's doing is putting on like a growly voice and a terrible southern accent. And in a I movie, mean, that comes and in a movie like this where it's such like in many ways a tired idea of like a guy, a supernatural guy comes from hell to like get revenge. Yeah. He he needs to play it up more like if you if you want to watch The Crow, you can watch The Fucking Crow to see somebody who doesn't really act much. <laughs> fucking face paint. Well, I mean, he doesn't act much now because he was killed. Well, no, I mean, but like in the movie, it, I mean, he's basically a guy with face reasons paint. his career didn't take off after sure, The Crow. It doesn't, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm sorry too to soon. the family of Brandon Lee. <laughs> too, too, too soon? Too <laughs> soon. It's like 20 years ago. Yeah, 20 years young. Uh, so... But yeah, the, uh, it is a... It could have used, like, a little more... A little like, more character. juice. Yeah. Some vim. Some vigor. And I know he's got Some an vinegar. In. Or piss. Like, it's not like Nicolas Cage has been using it all up making knowing. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, even the energy brought to that movie where you could see a couple seconds in the future, what was that? The next. next. 
Like, he had way more energy in that than this one. <laughs> well, he believed in that project. He's got more energy in this, though, than he did in Bangkok Dangerous. That was, that's Bangkok the, Dangerous, that's it's, like they got a, of... it's like they got the wax music, the wax statue of, from Madame Tussauds and, like, just posed it so it looked like it was moving. I thought most of it, they shot it while he was sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're thinking of the movie while you were sleeping. <laughs> Bangkok Dangerous is the kind of movie where you're like, did Nicolas Cage die on the first day of filming and they just put sunglasses on him and moved him with wires like Bernie? Bernie. From Weekend Dead. Oh. Bernie's comma Weekend Dead. <laughs> That's I how I file follow. it. That's how I file it in my movie system. <laughs> Your Blu-ray collection. Because yeah, Bernie's comma Weekend Dead, Bernie's 2 comma Weekend Dead, and then Birds comma The. <laughs> Well, that one's accurate. That's and then bistro, how a normal person bistro would comma that one. bikini. <laughs> okay, that one again is crazy. I mean, like they're both b words, b i words. Alphabetical. So it doesn't. It's alphabetical. Bikini, comma the great bikini. Oh, wait, the no, great I it up. <laughs> adventure, comma the great bikini off road. Oh, don't make me do complex jokes. <laughs> Instincts, comma animal. <laughs> That's the best way to, to bring to bring some life into old crappy movie titles. Oh, we'll do more of this later. Yeah, tar comma ish. <laughs> so it's a movie that could it could have used a little more real sleaze, and it could use a little more energy. Yeah, these movies are always helped by energy, and real frankly, sleaze on HBO. And frankly, helped by like if there have been. I mean, this is a. I feel like this is something we hit a lot, but. If there were practical special effects as opposed to computer special effects, even if they looked crappy, it would have been more fun than all these computer effects, you know. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, we can we can sort of zip through Final Judgments because I think we've already said it. Final Judgments. This is a good, 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 bad movie, a Come bad, bad me. movie, or a movie you kind of liked, Elliot. I will say this is a movie I kind of liked. Okay. Like I wasn't totally satisfied by it, but there was. Enough in it that it wasn't like a, it wasn't like one of the movies we've watched where I've been like, oh god, when will this end? Yeah, this I'm wasn't not, seven pounds. I'd actually go with that too. Uh, I mean, it it really dragged in the middle. Like it really it there dragged was a lot angry. Of just <laughs> like there are heart to heart conversations between Nicolas Cage and Amber Heard and. and uh, Amber Heard and David Morris and David Morris and Nicolas Cage just did not need to be in this sort the of movie. The movie forgot that we're not supposed to care that much. But yeah. in a, but it was a movie with a bunch of muscle cars and William Fickner and devil worshippers and naked ladies. So I kind of liked it. So all of Dan's favorite things. Yeah, yeah, it felt like there were scenes where Amber Heard's character is like, I either have to say, what next? And then make like a wry mm. smile or be like... Have you been lying to me this whole time? Are you really not out of prison? Yeah. No, he's a devil man. We all know that. Yeah. There was a lot of, for a movie that has such a simple he's plot. He's devil man. There was a lot of scenes where the characters <laughs> went out of their MD. way not to say what the plot was. He's a devil man. Devilman MD. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Vangry and Devilman MD, they share an office. Bernard uh, Devilman. No, but I'll, I'll Devilman agree MD to OR3. This is, I would, I would rank this between... Right around where next is, but better than Ghost Rider. Okay. In the Nicolas Cage movies, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, all movies. <laughs> In the Cageatorium. Um, is that where no, he lives? Really do, <laughs> There's like a little bit of grass to simulate a natural environment, like a hot rock <laughs> yep. to warm himself on? In the Cageatorium? It's a terrarium type thing. <laughs> Cageatorium. Cageatorium, sure. The Cage Cage. Nice. So uh, well, it's because his name's Cage, and that's the same thing you put an sure. animal in. Yep. So you unraveled that mystery. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Solve that riddle. I'll have to give you my magic ring now. <laughs> Where'd you park your squad car, Dick Tracy? Now all I need is an amulet, and I'm good to go. So um, this is the part of the show where we talk about letters that we have received. All right, that was a slow sure. build-up. <laughs> Um, this first letter, um, is from Eric, last name withheld. Yeah. And it says... Yeah, Elliot, what are you doing over there? <laughs> wow. You, uh, ruined the, uh... We can edit this part out. I was getting my list of movies I've seen recently, so I can look up what I'm going to recommend later. Okay. So this is from Eric, last name withheld. And it says, thought I'd just drop a line that you do a good show. I'm Eric with We Hate Movies, which is another NYC-based comedy bad movie podcast. Woo! Awesome about the yeah. live event. We're, we're going to try. 
<laughs> We're also going to try and do a live event. Great selection, too. My favorite Barbarian Brothers movie, Think Big. Wrong. Your favorite is Twin Sitters. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, there's your free plug. We hate movies. Look them up online. But I mainly read this letter just so we could segue into our own plug. Which is for the live Flophouse event. Live Flophouse. June 30th, Thursday. Twin Sitters. Twin Sitters, live. I mean, we'll be live. Twin Sitters is the movie. <laughs> Night You're dead. Dead. Try Becca, Becca, <laughs> Becca. 200 Hudson Street, Manhattan, New York, California. Do you want to hear us ruin a movie <laughs> by talking over it? Meet our wives. Hear how much they dislike the things we do. <laughs> and look at us irritated while we ask them questions. Also featuring Senya Yarosh. And Matt Carmen of I Love Bad Movies, the zine. Go to www.flophousepodcast.com for more info. Man, so or we did some great voices to, just then. Yeah, sure. or you can also no, go to no. 92ytribeca.org and in their film section, they should have it. Or go to Elliot's Facebook page. I don't yeah. think it's listed there. Dan's Facebook page? I think page? the last time I updated Friend my Facebook page, was to, <laughs> Facebook page was go to. Facebook page was to. Change my status from single to married. Yeah. Look at all the posts on Elliot's wall, none of which are from Elliot. None of which I've ever seen. <laughs> Facebook's for losers. Click ignore. So <laughs> this next uh, email is from Carrie, last name withheld, and it is I'm going to assume it's Carrie Strug, Olympic athlete. Yeah. It's titled Beverage Gary Credits. Fisher. Carrie Fisher. <laughs> One of beverage credits? Beverage credits. One of my favorite aspects of the Flophouse is the subtle audio cues of inebriation. Ice cubes clinking, occasional sipping noises, urination references, slurred speech, etc. It would greatly enhance my enjoyment of the podcast if there was a beverage roll call at the end of each episode, preferably with a blood alcohol level posted. So, uh, well, we got to, I mean, I think you'd be disappointed. Allie does nearly teetotal. So he I just drink water during the podcast mm-hmm. with a little bit of with a little bit of juniper juice or maybe yeah, mint leaves. But I've been doing reds and yellows all day. Stewart so. <laughs> uh, Stewart has a reputation as the heaviest drinker on the flop house, but I don't think that's been true for a while. No, I've I've kind of fallen cut off. back. Yeah, I've cut back and for health I've, reasons. I brought it back. Yeah, you brought it back with a vengeance. Yep. <laughs> Tonight, uh, what would the beverage roll call be? I think I had four uh, bottles of Coors Light. Yeah. So. And uh, when I was more depressed, I probably <laughs> drank the heaviest of the three of us. But sure, uh, no, I'm sad. Now that uh, I need to have my wits about me in the mornings, uh, I've had two beers, one during the movie and one during the podcast. And what were those beers? They were a Long Hammer IPA. Was that so public offering? Mm. Long what? Hammer IPO? Yes. <laughs> A uh, so beer. that's what we were drinking. Yeah. Huzzah! <laughs> <laughs> wow. All your questions have been answered. Stuart Zabadoo. got really bored. <laughs> yep. In there. That's what happens when you have a couple of beers and only eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for dinner. So so what a an alcoholic child would have. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this... Letter is that's what I'm gonna have uh, engraved on my tombstone. <laughs> An alcoholic child, <laughs> either that or pepperoni and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought I was gonna say Stuart Stuart Wellington. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. What is this a bit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is this a bit? This got a bit? <laughs> That'd be a great epitaph, actually. Yeah. Is this a bit? Uh, this one is from Sarah, last name withheld, and it says... Probably your wife. Missing cat, <laughs> question mark? Damn, it's your wife. Is our cat missing? <laughs> <laughs> love your wife. P.S. I don't love you. P.S. Stop doing that stupid podcast. In our P.S. Podcast. I don't love you. Is the sequel to the original? Or? <laughs> sequel to P.S. I love you. Uh, she says, I just started listening to The Flop House and quickly fell in love with it. You should probably find mm, a human yeah. man to be in love with. But No, stick with the podcast. Uh, my job is... Podcast in- will never leave you. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're inside your head. My that job... Was really worse than that was really- <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> my job is incredibly boring. The flop house is the one thing that has been keeping me from attempting a lobotomy on myself. However, I feel that I should She's mention... She's <laughs> that, that I've noticed lately that the uh, flop a house... A loosening of the trying... 
House Not cat. as much trying. No. <laughs> I've noticed lately that you fellows are slipping in the area of trying hard. What you were saying? Uh, she's noticed that the Flophouse house cat has been largely absent as of late. I took it upon myself to report this to the ASPCA as I'm afraid some tragedy has befallen him or her. Why not? I informed them that... <laughs> oh, the, no. He's a man. All right. <laughs> that should the Flophouse house a- cat make an appearance on the podcast by July 31st, I will know that nothing foul is afoot and I'll call him off. Well, I, I think that I we, thought, Yeah, I thought was, I heard him a little bit yeah, ago. Yeah, he stopped by earlier in the episode, I believe. Then he fucked um, off. Although know. we could have a contest, where is the Flophouse house cat? Sure. Yeah, it was like when I went to go see... uh, (laughs) To the pot. Well, nobody's joined the other contest, so... It was like when I was a little kid and I went to go see Sesame Street Live and Big Bird just fucked off and, like, disappeared. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it really bothered me when I was a kid. I left the theater. Okay. (laughs) You stormed out. (laughs) Yeah, I stormed out to go find that guy. Panned it in your theater column in the children's (laughs) review. (laughs) Yeah. In your your, uh, newspaper that you would sell for a nickel to all your neighbors. A nickel? (laughs) So tell, uh, can you tell me how to get away from Sesame Street <laughs> by Stuart by Lil Stuart Wellington, <laughs> Lil Stewie Wellington? Uh, she also asked though, as a cat lover, I must ask exactly what kind of cat he she is. Mm, as contest. his hurl yowl sounds strange to me, I envision a patchy furred peg legged creature <laughs> with a patch over one eye, like essentially an a cat pirate, so like a pirate of an Indian, an Apache pirate cat. Yeah, so somehow I feel this might be a jack. What? Uh, somehow I feel this might be off mark, uh, but let me know. I don't know. That's that's uh, that's pretty accurate. I always imagined he was had a beer in his hand, backwards baseball cap, skateboard, sunglasses. Sure. Yeah, and he wears fucking Converse All Stars with the toes <laughs> fucking ripped out. Yeah, so the tongues are all crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's basically a real life uh, riffraff in the, the junkyard pa- gang. Patchy <laughs> fur though is correct. Yeah, I mean, he's, oh, yeah, he's it's per- like, out well, the, the thing years. is, There's a lot of scrapping, and it's also it's <laughs> nerves. Like he's yeah. nervous. He really cares a lot about what his fans think. Yeah, and that also years shows, of partying. Yeah, and years of partying. Clearly, yeah. Mange. <laughs> so, if anyone would like to show us what they think the Flophouse House Cat looks like, contest. you can draw a picture, or I'll just show you. Uh, I'll actually put a photoshopped picture because he has this contract where we're not allowed to actually show his actual image. Yeah, he's like Thomas Pynchon. Yes, uh, whoever that person is, <laughs> it's like J.D. Saladvar, uh, <laughs> the famous the- reclusive author slash family restaurant. <laughs> That was from Mad Magazine's literary <laughs> offshoot. Uh, Dad, magazine. <laughs> Dad Magazine. Dad Magazine? Dan Magazine. Dan Magazine. <laughs> so, um, ah, the 2011 sighs are here. This one is... Like uh, sighing. Like no, is, I got not size of like... Not like the size. I realized there was words that sounded the same. <laughs> mm-hmm. Words that sound like other words, if you will. Well, uh... This plays into the next uh, next letter. This is from John, last name withheld, and I'll I'll read the postscript. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to read the postscript first because it's a good uh, transition. John says, "P.S. Remind Elliot that the correct alternate URL for the website is words sound like each other dot com. Oh, words sound like each not other. Not words that sound the same or any less funny variant. Ooh. The actual URL ridicules what certain floppers seem to consider a profound comedic realization. <laughs> I shouldn't have to explain this to Elliot." Professional comedy writer Kalen, if I can remember that he's got two T's at the end of his first name, Woo! the least he can do is remember the joke URL for his own website. You're so apparently the only person in the world who remembers I have two T's at the end of my first name. Yeah, do you want to call out your uh, your buddy, your famous author buddy? Let's, no, let's I hear, won't. Let's okay. hear the rest of the letter by Dr. Batitude over here. So, <laughs> so sassy, man. What do you have to say? The guy who can't talk back? What Dr. Batitude has to say is... I wonder if he and Vangry have a... Know each other. See each other at conventions and conferences. He says, I knew it would happen, but I didn't think it would happen so fast. Dan's new job has changed him. The first clue was when Dan cheerfully endured almost seven minutes, seven pounds, of intentional derailment (laughs) from his co-hosts at the start of the show with nary a mournful sigh and without getting angry once. Then, during Final Judgment, Dan was so high on life that he couldn't even bring himself to issue an unequivocal bad, bad movie verdict for the roommate. Finally, That's true. there was yes. Dan's clever segue at 33.12 during the discussion of the roommate, which begins, and I quote, Oh, speaking of, speaking of this movie, by the way, 
We Flophouse audience don't ask for much from our Dans. A few mournful sighs, a bit of ennui with an undercurrent of bitterness, and some simple hosting and recording functions. But this new Dan, now employed by a major national television program, seems almost cheerful. Worse, he has apparently lost the ability to execute even the most rudimentary podcast hosting maneuvers. Like introducing the podcast? (laughs) Or remembering the name of the movie? Rather just saying vroom vroom. (laughs) (laughs) Like a child. Please bring back the old Dan. No, a child would have done it slightly better, to be honest with you. Please bring back the old Dan. Call spade a spade. Or at least find some way to tamp his spirit back down to pre-The Daily Show levels. Well, uh, I'm sure it'll happen in time. So the sass level from that letter is Oh, off the charts. Off the charts. (laughs) Sure. My EKG meter just read a million sass points. How, what's the, what are those points in gratitude spell casting points? Uh, two. Two and a half. What about maybe. wormy boners? <laughs> it's ten wormy boners. There's no consistency across these. These rating systems, it's like the, it's like the, the formula One's that you must use to, <laughs> to compare the rankings is so elaborate. I don't know how you can do it in your head so quickly. <laughs> You're like a, a, a beautiful mind-level genius. I yes. am. I'm a beautiful wormy boner. <laughs> The original title. <laughs> Eva Goldsman. So original so, title. Beautiful mind. <laughs> ten wormy boaters. Yeah. So the that that letter writer makes a lot of good points though, which is Dan, I think you should sacrifice your own personal happiness for the <laughs> for sake of this, this podcast. podcast. This unpaid podcast. So you, what, but what you're trying to say is that reached uh, mainstream popularity. Hey, that's not our fault. Yes, it is, I guess. But what you're trying to say is that Dan's employment is directly related to his happiness. I think that's crazy. Yeah. I think we can find other ways. Maybe... I think there's a happiness bubble. Friendship. That's inflated, and I think it's going to burst at some point. Oh. oh, I mean, we could focus on our relationship with Dan. I mean... That's true. Like, take him out to the park, (laughs) run him around. Let him run around. We're really going to take him to the vet. But we'll take (laughs) him to the park. Yeah, Dan, you want to go to the park? Maybe take him to a farmer's room. room? This is supposed to make me sadder. <laughs> hey, room, me room. You said that earlier. It'll be sad yeah. when you find it's out you're callback. actually going to the vet. <laughs> okay. That was a callback, Ellie. Just did call the back. Broom, broom thing. Back oh, comic call. Like that. That you like new, comic stuff. My new. Man, you got so serious Nickname, all of a sudden. Dan Broom Broom McCoy. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, like a Tex Avery character. <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, you know, as soon as Elliot and my uh, relationship dissolves from, o- from overseeing sharing. each other. Sharing uh, too much. Not stuff. an office space, but down the hall office. Yeah, it'll, 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 you know, this podcast will get more contentious. There'll be more sighing. Eventually, I'll force you out, though yep. I'll still make you record the podcast. <laughs> sure. When I bring in our new co-host, who's your enemy? Uh, let's just uh, let's just say Carrot Top. Carrot Top. Okay. <laughs> I think that's a cheap joke. You could have gone with I don't know uh, Harlan Williams. Uh, <laughs> French Stewart. French Stewart. You know, I think French Stewart. I mean, that's a pretty good Dan. Let's try like him. A look. Let's try him. And then we could. But it's too close to Stuart Wellington. French Stewart. That's true. People get people. confused. Yeah. French well, then we, should, then we get the French Stewart Wellington in here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wellington. Stuart Wellington. Yeah, not funny. Guys. Is this that's... a bit? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Is this a bit? No, Wait, why don't we what? Move on? Wait, what? <laughs> I'm, a little, I'm a little uncomfortable. Let's see how you say Wilmy Bonnets. Le chat du chalet. No, that's, that's hilarious, guys. Let's just keep going. Okay? I will have a cause laugh. <laughs> it would be like Coors in that case. Oh. Come on, dude. I don't speak French. Come on. Yeah. Come on, guys. Okay. Well, you got to pick on me tonight. Let's do uh <laughs> Let's do movie recommendations and then get, let him then get off this crazy train. Yeah, this crazy <laughs> podcast train. It's driving so angry. Yeah, what are you going to recommend, Dan? Oh, okay. Guy. I saw a lot of movies uh, this last weekend. I'll single out two quickly. Um, the aforementioned uh, Ksenia Yarosh uh, recommended a movie called "Make Out with Violence" on uh, Matt Bird's. Uh, blog cockeyedcaravan.blogspot.com and I watched it and I enjoyed it. It's sort of like a Wes Anderson meets Terrence Malick film but with a zombie in it and uh, that was a delight and it also had a good soundtrack. I ordered the soundtrack actually after 
seeing it. And I also, for the first time, saw the movie The Edge. Which oh, I, with the bear. Yeah. Which That's I, a good movie. Which I enjoyed, like, on the on one level just as, like, a regular action movie. And then on another level just thinking how ridiculous it was that David Mamet wrote a movie <laughs> about Alec Baldwin and Anthony Hopkins fighting a bear. And so uh, it's good fun. It's on Netflix. Watch instantly now. Still it. Oh, me? <clears throat> All right, I can go if you want. You can go. I'll go last. I good one. didn't see anything recently that I really loved. I did see uh, Cave of Forgotten Dreams the other night, and I enjoyed that. Um, but it loses points for repetition and an unnecessary epilogue about albino alligators, which has nothing to do with, Sounds with like the cave. Sounds like it should add points. <laughs> Actually, it does add <laughs> points a little bit. There's... Uh, but actually, you know what? I'll recommend that movie. Okay. Cave of Forgotten Dreams. Werner Herzog documentary about the oldest cave paintings in the world. Um, a better and 3D movie than Drive Angry 3D, would you say? I actually didn't get to see it in 3D. Oh, wow. But it was a very interesting movie, and the cave paintings are amazing. The and how movie, is Nicolas Cage in it? <laughs> in the role of not in the movie, he does very well. Sure. Uh and it's a fun – it's a good Werner Herzog movie. It's a little slow at times. But one of the things that's fun about it is how goofy the scientists are who are studying this cave. They're all kind of weirdos. And then at the end, Werner Herzog – it's like – it's almost like Herzog was like, I don't know. I haven't really been enough myself, this movie. So he does an epilogue all about albino alligators that – are we the albino alligators looking into the abyss? <laughs> and it doesn't really make any sense, but it's a fun moment. But I enjoyed that movie. I did like it. So I got two recommendations tonight, guys. Uh, the first one is a movie called Castle Freak. <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess the other one. Does it have an invisible maniac in it? <laughs> no. First off, Castle Freak, go watch it. It's got a... <laughs> How many times have a, you recommended it's Castle Freak? Got, it's got a Castle Freak in it. <laughs> well, freak come it's, a about castle. A fa- it's about a family who inherits a castle. Guess what? <laughs> guess what that castle has inside it, Dan? A, a freak? How'd you yes. guess? <laughs> it's in the title, I know. <laughs> it's great. A dude rips off his own ding-dong. It's awesome. Uh, the second movie I like to... <laughs> it's like, I Stuart looks for in a movie. Stuart somehow made it just to find something new to say about Castle Freak over and over again. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so the second movie I like to recommend is... Uh, a movie called Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> All right. Uh, it is a... I can't veto your recommendations, I guess. It is a movie where <laughs> these uh, sure. aliens who look like clowns come and murder people. <laughs> the Chiodo Brothers. Yep, Chiodo Brothers. Does anyone rip their ding-dong off? <laughs> uh, nobody rips off any ding-dongs. Huh. But there All are killer clowns in it. Yep. And they spell ca- clowns with a K. Space, yeah, comma, killer clowns yeah, it's from like, Outer. like Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm going to recommend – you know what? I'm going to recommend the movie Gun Crazy to balance out those two recommendations, <laughs> which is a very good crime movie from the 40s. Yeah, that is a very good movie. It's really good about a doomed relationship. But are Bonnie and Clyde clowns? owes a lot to it. There are no killer clowns and no one's ding-dong is ripped off. <laughs> but Gun Crazy is what I'll recommend. All right. And Castle Freak. <laughs> Hi, guys. I feel like we have to do a flop house about Castle Freaks at one of these days. Well, I would love to give it another view. <laughs> I think we should sign off so we can turn the air conditioner back on. If you freak one castle this summer. <laughs> castle Freak 3D, starring Keanu Reeves and Jeffrey Combs. <laughs> which is the castle, which is the freak. It'll be awesome. So, what are we talking I'm about saying, now? I'm saying goodnight. Oh, okay. For the Flophouse, goodnight. I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington. I'll check tomorrow, but I'm pretty sure I'll still be Elliot Kalen. See you later, buddies. I don't care, man. I'll just talk. Let's talk for a while. We'll remember it. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. (laughs) Good stuff, good stuff, funny stuff. Jokes, joke em ups. Lava and Olympics, Lava Olympics, <laughs> Animal Olympics. So once again, I wacky need to point racers. Out, I met a grown man. A human, <laughs> I I met a human being named Rufio, and I don't think it was the character from the movie. It, it wasn't the character from the movie because he's dead.